Right, good morning, CLC. As Denny said, I'm Scott. I'm the good looking to his <laughs> what's cooking. <laughs> and uh, more officially, I'm the youth ministry director intern at CLC. Uh, but I'm not here for that. I'm here because I get to introduce our wonderful speaker this morning to kick off our mission series. Uh, so this guy, I've known him for almost four years. I took perspectives in his class in 2018. I have the honor of being the first student of his who took it for credit way back when. Uh, he reminds me all the time, every time I see him, that that's true, and so I can never forget. Um, yeah, so Justin, he works with YOM, really cool dude. He's been doing perspectives for a very long time, like a decade, longer than a decade, almost a decade. But yeah, every, so every year there's a perspectives class, so if you're ever interested, you know, you can reach out to him directly or you can reach out to me. Um, but yeah, with that, I'd like to welcome Justin up here to kick off our, our mission series. Can I use this? Am I on? Can you hear me? All right. Um, this is for show and tell later, so don't worry. I'm not going to preach through this backpack. <laughs> well, um, I guess the first word I want to say is congratulations. <laughs> oh, here, sorry. Uh, reveal. <laughs> so it's really me. Am, am I standing in an okay spot? Okay. So, yeah, congratulations. Um, uh, on your reopening, congratulations for you being here. <laughs> it's been a really long one and a half years, right? Um, has for me. And um, as Scott alluded to, or somebody alluded to, the ministries have been shut down, closed, and many things have been shut down. But I'm also reminded um, something one of our uh, my YWAM colleagues um, shared during a prayer time, and he's in charge of um, our international uh, outreach team. You know, he lives up in Santa Rosa. And it was just an amazing word from the Lord, like. We are restricted and confined, <laughs> shut down, even closed mass. But you know, God has never, was never restricted. God's spirit was still moving during this one and a half years in ways that we probably don't know. Um, so I'm glad to be here. I'm coming out and um, no longer on Zoom. So on the plus, I like to be positive. Um, during the pandemic, some of you may have done the same, same thing. I picked up some new hobbies. <laughs> So two, two of the hobbies is like hiking. So my wife and I hike three times a week now. And the other one is gardening. <laughs> okay, truth be told, I'm not a green thumb person, okay? Um, but I started gardening more like a chore, okay? So we moved in with my parents um, after we moved back from overseas and um, just help, helped them out. But I took up the chore of gardening. And um, truth be told, I'm not very conscientious. I just like to be efficient, get it done with. I have my own objectives when I do stuff. So I got a power, guys like power tools, right? So I got a power tree trimmer, and I went after this uh, you know, little raggedy tree in front. And I just thought of two things. One is, I got to cut it so that I don't have to retrim it anytime soon. <laughs> and I thought, okay, I got to get to my, have enough time for bike riding, okay? So I got to make sure I get this done quickly. Uh, long story short is, after like 30 minutes, um, I said, I'm done, and asked my wife and mother to come and take a look. And they were like speechless, like not in a good way, okay? <laughs> so I overdid it. It was raggedy. And um, <clears throat> let's see. So that's when I learned an important lesson. I, I got I to gotta care more about what <laughs> my loved ones care about, okay? And this is where it leads to the, to the message today. But 
you know, it made me now um, pause whenever I want to do some gardening and make sure that I, I'm thinking of others and, and thinking of the plant and <laughs> thinking how to best take care of it. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's an that's a earthly uh, story transitioning into something that we can learn from, from Jonah, a familiar story of Jonah. Uh, God has something to teach him about caring for what he cares about. And I think there's some, there's some strong lessons um, that we can learn from that. Um, but before we go any further, let me open in a word of prayer. Okay. So, Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, that we can come to you once again in worship. Um, we've been worshiping you in different ways, <laughs> unfamiliar ways, Lord, but uh, praise be to God that um, we, we are able to worship you in spirit and in truth, as always. Lord, we ask that, um, I ask that your presence be be really strong with us, Lord. Um, just quiet our hearts, make us attentive. And I ask specifically, Lord, that whatever is um, put forth, Lord, that it be from you and, and a blessing to the people that are hearing. And it's not a generic message, Lord, that each one will listen to that one word, that one sentence, that one challenge that they can apply to themselves, Lord, including myself, Lord. So, Lord, make me small so that you are big and just guide us in the next... Uh, Next few minutes, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So, um, yeah, the, my title for today's message is Learning <coughs> Who God Cares About. We know things are not important to God. It's people, right? Um, the, the passage is from a familiar story, um, of, probably heard when you were kids, the book of Jonah. And it's always good to have context, right? So... Um, I want to just focus on the last two sentences, and I'll read that here, but, and I'll recap the whole story and focus on this. <clears throat> well, let me recap for you first. Okay, the Jonah has only um, four chapters, okay? Uh, chapter one, uh, God calls Jonah, who is already a prophet serving him, to go out and preach the good news to a people of Nineveh. Nineveh is about 700 miles away from where he was, and, of course, we know he, instead of obeying and, and, and listening, he had his own biases and agenda and ran the other way, okay? So, chapter 2, we discover that he didn't get very far. <laughs> got, got swallowed by a big fish, not a whale, as, as many stories picture. But, um, and then he, you know, he was vomited out, for lack of a better word, spit out after three days. That's chapter 2. Chapter 3. Chapter 3 is interesting. Um, it's about his prayer. The whole chapter is about his, him praying, talking to God. And I think he made progress and learned some things. So, um, you know, God gave him a, a second chance. Um, chapter 4, I think he reluctantly obeyed. <laughs> he didn't learn his full lesson, as, as we know at the end of the story here. But he, he obeyed. He went to Nineveh. And he was successful. He was successful in earthly ways, right? The whole... Nineveh, uh, city of Nineveh, 120,000 people uh, repented and turned back to the Lord. But he wasn't happy. Okay. So we read in, in, in chapter, the last two verses of chapter 4. And the Lord said, you pity the plant. So he, Lord provided shade, and he was sitting there watching over the city, seeing what would happen. But he was basically sulking, I think. Okay. So you pity the plant for which you did not labor, nor did you make it grow which came into being in the night and perished in the night. And should, I not, and should not I pity Nineveh, 
that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left and also much cattle. So I, I think, just uh, before we go any further, I think no matter um, how many years you've known the Lord, I, I myself can probably place, you know, instead of Jonah, my name in there, okay? So I'd like to leave that with you and start thinking about, obviously we're not having, you know, enemies like Ninevites and, and great cities to, to preach to, but um, we all have a calling that's similar to Jonah, okay? We all have um, uh, obstacles and, and, and challenges similar to Jonah. So today I want to um, do a deep dive. And we know the main story is Jonah needs a change of heart, right, for, for loving the people that he didn't love. And um, the people are the Ninevites, the Assyrians. I want to do a deep dive into the people, just talk about the people, okay, because we can glance over this very quickly and say, oh, yeah, I get it. I should have a change of heart for love people. Um, but we, I think going to specifics, we can learn um, a few things, four points. Um, first of all, next, next slide. God cares for foreigners, okay? Now, when you think of foreigners, the first thing that comes to mind is probably places and c- culture, you know, just whole, whole things that are different. So those two things are, are the things that come to mind. And, um, you know, God basically, when you think of foreigners too, you can call them outsiders. And um, God wants us to, to step out, go to a foreign land, okay? Reach out to the unreached, um, go outside, of our comfort zone, okay? So basically, uh, you know, for me, as I walk through life, when God teaches me a lesson, it really comes down to a lot about getting out of our comfort zone because know it, or, know it or not, we fall into our comfort zones very easily. It could be in even ministry, okay? <laughs> Serving comfortably in your ministry um, and, and just staying there where God wants us to continually branch out. So look at the uh, scripture backup for this. But you will receive power. This is a familiar verse, Acts 1.8. Um, not the great commandment, but uh, a great commission, but similar to it, as to it. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, you can replace Jerusalem with Oakland, <laughs> Judea and Samaria with Bay Area, and the ends of the earth with wherever branching out. For some, it might be just crossing outside of California, right? But, <laughs> um, yeah, so God calls us to physically go, okay, to go somewhere. Not necessarily everyone, else we would be empty of citizens in, in Oakland, in this church. But definitely, my experience in the mission field is that um, there's more people that are called to go than actually go, okay, um, I can give you some testimonies of that from our own church in, in San Jose because when I, when I told um, our friends that we were going to go step full-time in the mission fields, I can just tell in their looks, these are friends, I, you know, church members I've known for years and served, and they go, they look at me and they are you crazy? <laughs> they don't have to say anything, but they're just like, are you crazy? And in fact, when I told my, my friend who led me to Christ, he lives in Sacramento, that we're stepping out to the mission field, he drove the very next day to meet me at Starbucks, and we talked for three hours. <laughs> to make sure that I wasn't going into some crazy stuff. So, you know, praise the Lord, I was called to go, you know. And praise the Lord, my wife was also called to go. Otherwise, we'd be unequally yoked. So the first point is really, um, in terms of uh, foreign foreigners, we, some of us, okay, need to really go, okay. It could, could be a short-term mission. It could be 
across the street, across the bay, but we need to go. Okay. Okay. Not. Second point is, you know, talk about foreigners is, is culture, right? Um, we, we, not, we may not be going, but there's, there's uh, uh, you know, cultural differences every, almost everywhere we go now, especially since it's a, a shrinking world. Let's look at um, Matthew 28, 19, 20. This is the Great Commission, okay? Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. No, I think most of you or many of you probably know that nations is not a political um, uh, concept. In fact, uh, the, the Greek word is pante ta ethne, which means people groups. Okay. So if you haven't, if you've taken perspectives, you know much more than this, and you haven't, so this is some of the stuff that comes out from that. Um, so people groups, talk about cultures. God wants us to, to go and step out. He cares about foreigners that are not just in different locations, but different cultures, okay? Foreign cultures. Um, go to the next slide. So interesting enough, this is, you know, I, I'm not sure it's completely during Jonah's time, but even just around the um, nation of Israel, there's different cultures all around, right? And um, Jonah could have been called by God to just serve <laughs> to there and not having to travel 700 miles away to a different people group. He had people group right there. But, um, you know, Jerusalem, and when we think of foreigners, we think everybody else is a foreigner except me, right? But that's not true because Israelites, when they went there, they were the foreigners. <laughs> they were the foreigners. So I even challenge myself and, and everyone here, the concept of what is a foreigner, you know? <laughs> we are all foreigners, right? If you think about it. I mean, uh, how many of you here were born in, in Oakland <laughs> or in California? Very few. That's a good hand. Okay. I, I'm always uh, pleasantly surprised when I meet a native. I think Pastor Eric, I was talking to him earlier. He was from uh, South Bay, right? So that was pretty good already. But, um, yeah, just get through the concept of God cares about foreigners, people at different locations, different cultures. Next slide. Here's a map. It's hard to see, but it's a graphical picture. I like pictures. This is something that was created by my director, YWAM director, San, um, San Francisco YWAM, uh, Tim Sovoda. He's one of our regular um, uh, instructors for perspectives. He teaches uh, a class on uh, 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 bridging, um, uh, uh, bridging cultures with uh, love, right? Um, and this is a map of the non-English speakers uh, that live in the Bay Area, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I think there's more slices than it's visible, but he did a, a first pass, and it's pretty amazing that you have, you know, obviously the uh, Mexican and the Chinese and the Filipino, but if you dig down to it, there's some people groups, some countries' names I've never heard of until I saw this, okay. Um, in fact, I saw on BART one time, uh, a sign that says on every single, any given day, you know, like 80, lang 80 languages are, are uh, represented by people, in the, you know, that speak it natively in their home. That was pretty amazing. So God cares about foreigners. That means actually in different locations. And God cares about cultures, uh, uh, different people groups, whether they're uh, local or afar, okay? Um, 
Let me show you this. This is my show and tell. I share this because, you know, my wife and I were serving in San Jose, and um, we took the perspectives class and various other things. But learning about people groups is, is eye-opening. Okay. So here's a book. It's called Operation China. How many of you have heard of this before? A couple of you, right? So it's, a, it's trying to represent, um, trying to let people understand people groups all over the world. And so this, this book has a, only two or three pages for people groups around the world. They try to collect it. But this other book is called, oh, sorry, I got it backwards here. This is Operation World. And this, is, this other book is just the people groups within China. <laughs> So actually, when they talk about the, cult, the people groups within China, it wasn't fully represented. If you do a deep dive, there's even more. And so we serve in China and actually got to meet, meet a, um, various people groups that were there. It's just amazing, just wonderful, okay? So stepping out, um, for those of you who, some of you may enjoy traveling and, and different cultures, it's great, but some of you may not. Stepping out is, as I say, if you don't step out, and, and go through barriers, you're going to miss out on the blessings that the Lord has prepared for you. And that's kind of my attitude when somebody challenges me something about something. I just, I got to step through because the Lord may, or, may have something waiting for me. Um, <clears throat> let me go to the next slide here. Remember what I said about foreigners and, you know, how to look at it? Actually, we, if you look at it from a um, heavenly point of view, Oops, go back. Sorry. Okay, Ephesians 2.19 says, you know, then you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but you are fellow citizens with saints and are God's household. So everyone on earth was at one time, or sorry, we, even if we are uh, believers, we are strangers in a strange land. Okay, we, have, we are citizens of heaven <laughs> right now. <laughs> this is not our home, so don't get too comfortable. No place that you travel that God calls you is really, you know, foreign. I mean, it is, it is all foreign, even where you are staying, okay? So everywhere you can say is foreign. So our, our goal is really to be keeping our eyes on heaven, have that as our home, think of ourselves as stranger. And if we, if we think that way, we fit right into wherever we go, <laughs> you know, fit right into where, wherever God calls us to be. We are uh, believers should care for foreigners, okay, because God cares uh, for foreigners, and we were once foreigners. We are, we, are one, we are foreigners of this strange land. The second thing, um, the second deep dive point I want to make is, in looking at the uh, Syrians, next slide, is that God cares for our enemies. <laughs> what, a, what a strange concept, right? Now, you can replace enemies. Most of us don't have, like, blatant enemies, okay? But we can be, oftentimes replace enemies with people we don't like, <laughs> people that we don't rub, uh, you know, shoulders with or care not to be around. Um, and oftentimes we, you know, it's, it's, when we talk about enemies, it's often political um, or, con- you know, drawn along political lines, border lines, or associated with um, uh, uh, groups, okay? There's many commandments <laughs> that are hard to obey, okay? Um, the greatest commandment is what? 
to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and to love your neighbors as yourself. That's, that's pretty challenging already, right? I mean, it, to be honest, some of my, my neighbors, I try to be friendly, but they're not friendly back, but I got to remember not to be, uh, think too harshly or judge them too much, okay? But here's another com- commandment, um, Matthew 5, 4, that's even harder. This is Jesus speaking, right? You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor, right? And hate your enemy. I don't know where that came about, but, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you and that you may be sons and, and daughters of your Father in heaven. Loving your enemies. <laughs> Actually, it's, it's literally there, and it's proven in Scripture that God calls prophets and his people to love their enemies. <laughs> okay? It's not just Jonah, but I think of Daniel, you know, the book of Daniel. He's a, he's a better example. It talks about prophets obeying the Lord in foreign countries, foreign land. He served not one, not two, not three, but four, <laughs> four foreign kings that were enemies of Israel. Amazing, right? He served, he served them faithfully, and as far as I know, without complaint. Amazing stuff, right? A young man, you know, doing this. Um, loving your enemies. So, I want to share a couple of things that, that helped me to, to break that barrier to say, how do I love my enemies or love people that I don't like and all that stuff? I think there's, I think there's a, a clue hidden in the great, um, great commandment, okay, the second half, which is love your neighbors as yourself, right? So yourself, <laughs> right? Um, Yeah, so let's, the next slide, please. Romans 5.10 says, For if, while we were God's enemies, we are reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? So love your neighbor as yourself. Hey, we, we, are, we were or are God's enemies if we don't know him, right? So reflect on that for a while. <laughs> you know, we... we Literally, God's enemy is sin or Satan, right? So we are on this side of the camp until we knew God. So the people that we call enemies, let's be careful, you know, how we, how we look at them and view them. If, if they are believers, they may not have the, uh, the right uh, behavior or thought as we do, but they claim to, and they are, they are brothers and sisters in Christ. So don't, we should be helping each other to walk through the steps because they may have the same view of us. But if they're not believers, <laughs> they, they, are not, they are not our enemies either because they are God's children that haven't yet known the Lord. That's one thing that my, my wife and I, and I say a lot when we are traveling, is that help me to break down is there's only two types of people in the whole world, right? If you think about it. There's people who knows they are God's children, you know, most of us, all, almost all of us here, and then there's those who have not yet, not yet discovered they're God's children. I was once in that camp. I, didn't, I don't know when you came to know the Lord, but I came to know the Lord when I was 25, you know. Uh, my parents and Pastor Andrew's parents, they go to the same church. <laughs> and I don't know Andrew well because he's a, first of all, he's a few years younger than me. And I was a black sheep. I didn't go to church. So, um, but I was an enemy of God, you know, if you want to put it that way. But now I'm, I, I'm just shocked at what 
the last you know, 20 plus years that God has taken me and my wife through walking the lands and stuff. So, you know, God loves our enemies because in truth, they're not our enemies, right? There are brothers and sisters in Christ who have not yet discovered who they are. <laughs> so think about your own conversion, you know, about when you accepted the Lord. So that's a, uh, one way. The other, the other thing I want to, to highlight of how to help breaking down the barriers of looking at people as people you don't like or enemies is make it, make it individuals. Make it individuals. You know, when we, when we talk about enemies, again, it's political, social groups, you know, maybe even political <laughs> parties. <laughs> hey, there's believers on every which side, okay? We are not perfect in our views, and this is, it's a confusing world, but break it down to an individual basis. We are all the same. We have all the same needs, the same wants, the same, you know, problems, right? So if you break it down that way, uh, we should, we, we should, we, it helps me to care for my enemies because God cares for our enemies. Otherwise, he wouldn't have sent Jonah to, to a faraway land, to a culture he doesn't know, <laughs> to a people that persecuted him and, you know, that he hates, right? And um, God cares for our enemies. We should care for our enemies because they're really not our enemies if you think, think about it. Number three, God cares for the lost. Now, this is um, found in, uh, go ahead with that. Verse 11 says, Has it, we, I don't know what's going on in the city of Nineveh, 120,000 people, but something interesting is there. It says, people who do not know their right hand from their left. What does that sound like to you? Right, you know, they're confused, wrong direction, you know, um, lost, right? Uh, the city of Nineveh is unlike many of the cities in those times. They have different gods, different idols. And to me, I mean, that's not good, but they're searching for something. They believe in the spiritual world. They know it's not just them that's, that's relevant. Okay? And on the mission field, that's very interesting. It's harder to crack the nut and, and, and talk about God for those who are atheists that don't have any, quote, spirituality. It's much easier to talk to a Buddhist or a Hindu or, or, or an animist because you can start engaging in that and, and guide them to say, you know, this is the, this is the great God, <laughs> right? So God, God wants us to direct um, people who are seeking to who they are. Even if you're not an atheist, or sorry, even if you are an atheist, as I once was, like agnostic, believed in science, intellect, that's a God in itself, right? Oh, I... I, I Ah, this spiritual stuff is meaningless. Living next to UC Berkeley, very, very highly intellectual people, right? But to me, um, (laughs) they're kind of lost in their own intellect, spinning around, not knowing which way is up or down, right or wrong. How many genders can we have now? I I don't know. In the scriptures, there's only two, right? So we got to stand firm on that, no matter what the parties say. They're lost, right? Right. Right or wrong? I, who's the famous lady that says, um, everybody tell your truth. <laughs> if everybody's telling their truth, well, which one is the right one, right? So I think God's truth is the right one. We've got to direct people. So God cares about helping people who are lost, okay? Because they, they, they have a good heart. They, they, they are searching for him. Whether they know it or not, everyone is searching for God. 
Okay? They're just looking for it in all the wrong places. Sounds like a song, right? <laughs> looking for love in all the wrong places. But what scripture says, God is love. <laughs> okay. Um, the last point I want to make is, and we don't want to miss this, um, God cares. Let's see, next, next one. God cares about us. God cares that we finish well. God cares about Jonah. Okay? I mean, if you, if you think about the book of Jonah, the last two verses ends in a rhetorical question. I don't think there's any other book in the Bible that ends with a question from God. It's a rhetorical question, but that's pretty powerful. And um, I was just thinking about it and preparing this week. Like, man, if I, if I ask that question to myself and, or read that question every single day, man, it's challenging, right? Should I not care for the 120,000 you know, that are living in Nineveh? You could replace that with anything. Should I not care for the neighbor family that's next door? Should I not care for the people group that I never heard of? I mean, just go through that. Replace it. Should I not care for the brother that you hate? I mean, there's broken families, right? So this, this is a powerful thing that God wants us to, to care. He wants us to finish well. Now, Jonah, we don't know how he answered. You know, he was there brooding and bickering and angry still, but God, I, I think he ended up finishing really well. And the proof of it is, as many of you know, the book of Jonah. The book of Jonah, ex, you know, scholars say it's written by Jonah. Who else could have known all these things, right? So Jonah finished well. He got it. <laughs> He's not embarrassed to tell his story, right? You know, the most powerful um, messages are personal testimonies, right? And Jonah's testimony is right there. He wants us to finish well. And look at how, we don't want to miss this. Look at how God was actually helping Jonah to finish well. God called him to a people group that he, um, that, that he needed to love. So he, was, he wanted to grow Jonah. Number two, he, God was patient, okay? Did not give up on him. He wanted to finish well. God, get, God is not a God of first chances, second chances, third, infinite chances, right? But we don't want to abuse God's grace. <laughs> That's the other part where we think, oh, okay, he'll forgive me over and over again. That's abusing God's grace. God disciplined Jonah, <laughs> He, he, you know, he didn't uh, die eternally. He was disciplined for a reason, okay? We should welcome that as Christians. It's funny, right? But Scripture says, count it all joy when you encounter trials, right? For Bill's character, I'm paraphrasing there, right? And God counseled him. So he wants us to finish all. God was counseling him even with that last question. So God gives us counsel, sometimes through his word directly, sometimes through you know, messages, sometimes through each other. So God cares about us. That's a, don't miss that, to finish well. Not just that we're happy and content to live the American dream. He, he wants us to finish well to obey him. Um, next slide. I want to get this in because, you know, we all want to say, oh, I love God. We have songs and stuff like that. I love the Lord. I love you, Lord. Okay. Secondly is, oh, I want to know you more. Oh, I know God. I want to know God. Okay. And then um, we want to be God's friend. Jesus is my friend. What a friend we have in Jesus. You know, look at the scriptures here, what it says about how do I know I'm loving God? How do I know I'm, I'm knowing God? How do I know I am God's friends? John 14, 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. John 15, 14, you are my friends if you do what I command you to do. 1 John 2, 3, by this, 
this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandment. It's about obedience. Okay? Okay? It's about obedience to check ourselves whether we are fooling ourselves with our emotions. Okay? Jonah had to obey. He had some extra push, but he actually obeyed. And actually, he finally got it through his, his obedience. Um, and I believe he really turned his heart around to loving the Lord. So, in summary, um, deep diving into the book of Jonah, I hope it brings something new. This is just focusing on the last two verses. Okay. But I, I, I challenge you this, to think about that we are, I'm like Jonah in my, in, in my own way with different settings and different groups. Okay. I can, I can always need help to grow, um, be helped in. To God cares about foreigners because we are once foreigners, right? We've got to know that God cares about our enemies because I was once an enemy. We are once enemies of the Lord. God cares about the lost because, you know, for those who are believers, we are once lost. And that God cares about us to finish well. We, we, we are all prophets, kingdom of priests, right? A holy nation. Each one of us has a calling to obey the great commandment. <laughs> Actually, even bigger one, the great, uh, com- or not bigger, but great commission, right? We're all challenged to the same command, to love our enemies, okay? So, the book of Jonah is, is really powerful. It's not just a fish story, a fishing story. <laughs> it's really, uh, man, you know, I'm kind of embarrassed to say it's how I've been living or how I, the traps I can fall into if I don't really pay attention to what God cares about. Just like I didn't pay attention to the trimming of the trees. If we don't pay attention and do things carefully that God commanded us to do, um, we may uh, blessfully receive God's teaching and discipline so that he, he can help us to be correct in our heart. Um, so, yeah, I, cha- I give you some application. So I, think, I don't think I put it up there. Next, next slide. Maybe I, that was it. Application. Okay. Um, that's always good. Short-term missions. Okay. Service ministries taking classes like their perspectives. I mean, step out, of your, step out of your box, right? Open your eyes to the things that God is um, surrounding, has surrounded us with, so that we can see the people in a different way that God cares about, including yourself. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you again, Lord, that we can come to you, you and this place to worship you in the spirit of truth and love, Lord. Yeah, just so reflecting on that word love, Lord. It's just so deep, Lord, and um, we can never fully understand it, but it's helpful to us to see these, see these things through your eyes, Lord. Um, your love of the foreigners, your love of our enemies, love of the lost, and your love for us, too, that we are, are using our times wisely and able to finish well on this, this side of heaven, Lord. So I pray that um, your spirit continues to work with us even after today, Lord, just to inspire us and still us um, with your, your view of people, Lord. I pray these things in your son's precious name.
Amen.